Beyond our focus. I'm Stefan, this is Amanda, and this is Let's Palaver About the Wizard and Glass, the fourth novel in Stephen King's Dark Tower saga. Saka. We are in part two of the book, chapter three. We went over chapters one and two last week because they were very, very short. And we are in chapter three A Meeting on the Road. Dun, dun, dun. We'll be discussing Mr. Will Dearborn. Dearborn. Will Dearborn. William. William Dearborn. William. Will. All, every possible name that you could call one of my friends to piss him off. Growing up. Not to piss him off, just to. He didn't like being called him. Whereas William and Willem and. What, William? William. William! William, Willem. William. I like to take anyone's name that starts with a Y and do the same thing. Not Y, a J, that's what it is. I was like, what? Yama. <sighs> Actually, I owe J to Y. Instead of Jennifer, I'd be like, Jennifer. Jennifer. Jennifer, or yo. Yo. Yosef. Why not? Yeah, Yosef. 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 Anyways. Maybe we'll actually start this. Are you sure? Are you really No, sure? not sure at all. She had never in her life had a such, such a strange night, and it was probably not surprising that she didn't hear the rider approaching from behind until he was almost upon her. It has been a strange night. Yeah, she the last two chapters got poked shows and that. prodded by an old witch and was had to prove her honesty. Yeah, yeah, so that was that was fun. Because she's planning on bearing the child of the mayor. Yep, the old, wrinkly, scrawny, poppin' mayor. Yeah, he, he sounds got wonderful. Poked by an old, scraggly, nasty, dirty old witch woman. Yeah. These are all good things. These are all... No, not at all. No, 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 no. None of this is good. Good old old William. A little bit nicer. Yeah, well, we haven't gotten to end We'll be getting to it very soon. Very soon. So pretty much, she is just walking through. She has realized that, yes, she does only have a couple months... Like, she does have some months, or a month, or whatever, to... Um... Before she has to live up to her end of the bargain. Yes. So she's thinking about this, but also thinking about just what she signed up for, which is a wrinkly, like you said, nasty old man who cracks his knuckles, cracks anything he can, Mm -hmm. drinks too much, just obnoxious. She had made the bargain lightly enough. No, not lightly. That was being unfair to herself. But she had lost little sleep over that, over it. That much was true. She had thought after listening to all Aunt Cordelia's chords. Her name is Cordelia. I like Cordelia better than cord. But Aunt Cord's arguments. Screw Aunt Cord. We're going to say that again. We still haven't <laughs> officially met her. But I'm once again saying screw Aunt Cord. Yeah. Um, 
Arguments. Well, it's a li- it's uh, blah, blah, blah. well, it's little enough really to have an indenture uh, off the lands to officially own our little piece of the drop. In fact, as well as as in tradition, to actually have papers. One in our house. I can't read this. I'm done. I'm done. I can't read okay. today. Either you read it. Or we're gonna summarize it. Okay. Well, it's little enough, really, to have the indenture off the land, to finally own our little piece of the drop, in fact, as well as in tradition, to actually have papers, one in our house and one in Rhymer's files, saying it's ours, aye, and to have horses again. Only three, tis true, but that's three more than we have now, and against that, to lie with him a time or two and bear child, which millions of women have done before me with no harm. Tis not, after all, a mutant or a leper I'm being asked to partner with, but just an old man with noisy knuckles. Tis not forever, and as Aunt Cord says, I may still marry if time and Ka decree. I should not be the first woman to come to her husband's bed as a mother. And does it make me a whore to do such? The law says not, but never mind that. My heart's law is what matters, and my heart says that if I may gain the land that was my dad's and three horses to run on it by being such, then it's a whore I'll be. Yay! Yes. There was something else Aunt Cord had capitalized, rather ruthlessly, Susan now saw, on a child's innocent. Innocent. It was the baby Aunt Cord had harped on, the cunning little baby she would have. Aunt Cord had known that Susan, the dolls of her childhood put aside, not all that long ago, would love the idea of her own baby, a living little doll to dress and feed and sleep with in the heat of the afternoon. <sighs> But it's at it, except she was just told by Rhea. She's like, he wants more than that. Not only does he want more than that, but it doesn't go back to it in this one. It focused mostly on the fact that yes, he's gonna want way more than that, and it's not gonna be the first time that it happens. Is that no, there will be four months in between? Yeah, Pro- approximately four months from when it starts to if she gets pregnant quickly yeah. to where it happens. But what it doesn't reprise or go back to is the fact that she literally said, hey, once you have that baby, if it's a girl, it's not going to live. And if it's a boy, you'll never see it again. It's going to be taken away, put to schooling, and someone else is going to take care of it. So it's not like it's going to be her baby. It's going to be his baby. That's the point. She is literally just a vessel. She is. Well, the mayor can have himself a sweet little thing for a little while and uh, have a son. Yep, that's that's, that's pretty much it. That's, that's all this comes down to. And then, of course, she's also worried because it's like she can... No one would take her seriously that she's pregnant until she actually starts showing. And even then, Rhea has to be the one to be like... Oh, she really is pregnant, and being that she pissed that lady off, she could just be like, no, it's not true, and then she's still... I mean, I mean she's just getting fat. Yeah. That's really all it is. And it's then, not pregnancy. If she doesn't have her little poorly written note that says, hey, she's with child. Pragnot. <laughs> Pergonet. So good old fun stuff. Yep, but it's too late. She can't go back. And she's just been lost in this thought, these thoughts for so long 
that she didn't hear someone coming until it was too late. And then she's like, do I hide in the woods? Do I jump in the ditch? What do I do? Yeah, the goal first was to climb a tree. Like, well, that was interesting. (laughs) And then it's like, no, I'll go to the, I'll just get into the ditch. And then it's like, oh, crap, it's too late. But before she could even begin in that direction, the rider who had sneaked up behind her, which sneaking is not technically the word used. No, no, because when she said she was lost yeah, in she, thought. Someone can't, well, they always call it sneak, don't sneak up on me. It's like, I wouldn't be sneaking up on you here paying attention. Exactly, exactly. I mean, also he was on a horse. Yeah. Not much sneaking up, riding quickly. She could hear the hoofbeats. I mean, it was, you're on a horse, you, you didn't sneak. You just turn around and the horse is just going all cartoon. Pretty much, or he's floating above the ground. <laughs> She was thinking her long and rueful thoughts and hailed her. Good even, lady, and may your days be long upon the earth. She turned, thinking, What if it's one of the new men always lounging about Mayor's house or in the traveler's rest? Not the oldest one. The voice isn't wavery like his, but maybe one of the others. It be it could be the one that called to Pape. Good even, she heard herself saying to the man shape on the tall horse. May yours be long also. She didn't think it was De Pape or the one named Reynolds either. The only thing she could tell about the fellow for sure was that he wore a flat-brimmed hat, the sort she associated associated wow associate with men of the inner baronies back when travel between east and west had been more common. Back before John Parson came, the good man and the blood ma- blooding bloodletting began. Ah, the good man. The good man. The John Parson. I don't know how good the good man is. Yeah. But we don't, we don't ever really, like, truly get, like, that conflict in the books. Mm-hmm. We know there's a big issue with the good man, yeah. or with Farson, and we know that's a thing. And we, we, we look at him as the villain, for the most part. Because we look at Gilead and the people there as mm-hmm. kind of the good guys. But we never actually get why and who and what's going on. That conflict never really comes into the books. I mean, at this point, it's not important. Yeah. We're way past that. This is definitely something left for... I know, I'm pretty sure they touch on... I want to like say it's the in comic, the graphic novels, yeah. Which do and don't kind of relate to this, to a degree. I don't know if they're like... I haven't watched them. Official I haven't watched them. Wow. I haven't, I haven't watched the comics. No, I haven't actually read the comics yet. Neither have I. But looking it up, there's a couple versions, and they've done a few things. It's weird. It's weird. It's too much. Well, it's like when we found out some chick was related to some was related to court. I think. Yes, but according to what I've read, that was in some of those books, but not in some of the other because there's like two different sets of books, and it's a whole thing. It's it's so what you're saying? It's most like most comic books where there's like 15 different Justice Leagues and like (laughs) five different Batmans and. Nine different Spider-Man. So I don't know if any of them are like 100% official uh, into the, I want to say lore, but there's another word I'm looking for. Canon. 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 I don't know if they are officially canon properly or not. It's complicated. Anyways. So anyways, she he he kind of stops and she's noticing that he's kind of dressed like a gunslinger. But she, he's not carrying guns, so she's like, well, she also has never seen a gunslinger that young. Yeah, well, I, I like this because it touches on what we were just talking about. As the stranger came up beside her, she forgave herself a little for not hearing him approach. 
There was no buckle or bell on his gear that she could see, and everything was tied down as to not snap or flap. It was almost the rig of an outlaw or a harrier. She had the idea that Jonas, he of the wavery voice, and his friends might have been both in other times and other climbs. Okay. Or even a gunslinger. But the man bore no guns unless they were hidden. A bow on a pommel of his saddle and what looked like a lance in a scabbard. I love these words. That was all. And there had never, she reckoned, been a gunslinger. This. A gun is this. So yes, everything was tied down and super packed and there was nothing to flap or hit. Of course, there were still hoofs. So, I mean, I can't imagine being that quiet. Well, it's rolling. Rolling, rolling his, uh, his uh, ninja, like ninja suit. Yeah. He is Drax, okay? <laughs> yeah, he was just invisible, okay? But no, I want to say the pommel on the saddle is the knob that kind of sticks out at the front of the saddle. I don't know jack about horses. <laughs> I know, saddle saddle no, I know what a saddle is. I know what a saddle is. I guess what, what you're referring to. Yeah, that, my no. only point is, I don't know anything. Yeah. I get what a saddle is, but. Okay. Well, that's what I'm pretty sure that's what the pommel is, if sure. I remember right, is that knob. And you know what a scabbard is. I'll take your word on that. Okay. I, what is it? It's just, it's pretty much like a, like a sword has a scabbard. It's a sheath kind of thing. Well, I know what a sheath is. I'm trying to remember what it looks like. See, you don't even know what it is. I know what it looks you like. You don't know what it is. You're making things up now. It's a... It's It's not a holster, obviously. A holster is for a gun. But it's about the similar... It's in that similar area. Oh, my goodness. A lance in a scabbard. It's covered. It's bothering me now. Yeah, because you don't know what it is. You gotta find out. Yep. Google it. That's it. I'm gonna Google it. Goggle it. A sheath for the blade of a sword or a dagger. So exactly what I told you. So it's a sheath. Typically made for leather or metal. A sheath for a gun or other weapon or tool. So yeah. Sheath. I see. I because it's like I've read so many fantasy novels and stuff like that about dragons. Why call it scabbard? Because it's a cool name for it. It's a cool. If they just use sheath and everything, it's just that is a word. We all these other words are used in everything. What's wrong with that one? It's interesting. It's not interesting. Yes, it's not interesting at all. It is. It's a made-up dumb word. I don't know what the hell that was, <laughs> but oh, making me feel like I'm stupid. I know what the hell I'm talking about. Uh, Leave me alone. It's debatable. Very debatable. Anyways, he clucked side-mouth at the horse just as her da had always done, and she herself, of course, and it stopped at once. As he swung one leg over a saddle, lifting it high and with unconscious grace, Susan said, Nay, nay, don't bother, don't trouble yourself, stranger, but go as you would. If he heard the alarm in her voice, he paid no heed to it. He slipped off the horse, not bothering with the tied-down stirrup, and landed neatly in front of her the dust of the road puffing about his square-toed boots. By starlight, she saw that he was young indeed, close to her own age, on one side or the other. His clothes were those of a working cowboy, although new. Will Dearborn, at your service, he said, 
then doffed his hat, extended a foot on one boot heel, and bowed as they did in the inner baronies. Nice so, proper bow. So that's him and his bow again. Yeah, what's the Roland very important? Roland in his bow. I mean, it goes even further here in a second. <laughs> we got all the 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 the, 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 the whatever it is. The popping oh, of the, the throat or the, the, the tapping thingy. The, the, Ta- oh. He tapped his throat thrice. Yeah. She dropped him a little curtsy, holding out one side of her dress. Susan Delgado at yours. He tapped his throat twice, thrice with his right hand. Thank ye, sigh, Susan Delgado. We're well met, I hope. I didn't mean to startle you. Ye did, a little. Yes, I thought I had. I'm sorry. Yes, not I, but yes. A young man from the inner baronies. By the sound, she looked at him with new interest. Nay, ye, 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 whoo, nay, ye need apologize, for <laughs> I was deep in my own thoughts, she said. I've been to see a friend, and hadn't realized much time had passed. A friend. I've been to see a friend. So many air quotes. No, yeah, no, friend is... I would say an acquaintance at that point. <laughs> an acquaintance. I've been. I, I, I would not even go that far. I've been out to see. I want to feed a crocodile. Okay. <laughs> I've. I. I've been to see a stranger. Why would you see a stranger? You know what? I'm a generous person. Okay. <laughs> I've been to see a homeless person. Now, I love how persistent he is. He, like, spends, a, what, a page and a half just trying to tell her he's going to escort her? It's very difficult. <laughs> he's being overly polite, and she's not trying to have it. Says, It's only the edge of the village I go, Hambry. It's close now. Pretty speech and lovely sentiments, he answered with a grin. But it's late. You're alone, and I think we may as well pass on together. Do you ride, Sigh? Yes, but really, step over and meet my friend Rusher here, then. He shall carry you the last two miles. He's gelded, sigh, and gentle. She looked at Will Dearborn with a mixture of amusement and irritation. The thought of which crossed her mind was, if he calls me sigh again, as though I were a schoolteacher or his daughtery old great-aunt, I'm going to take off this stupid apron and swat him with it. I never minded a bit of temper in a horse docile enough to wear a saddle. Until his death, my father managed the mayor's horses, and the mayor in these parts is also guard O'Barony. I've ridden my whole life. She thought he might apologize, perhaps even stutter, but he only nodded with a calm thoughtfulness that she rather liked. Then step to the stirrup, my lady. I'll walk beside and trouble you with no conversation if you'd rather not have it. It's late and talk pals. Pause? After moonset, some mm. say. I'm familiar with that word. Nay, I thank ye for your kindness, but it would not be well, mayhap, for me to be seen riding a strange young man's horse at eleven of the clock. Lemon juice won't take the stain out of a lady's reputation the way it will out of a shirt waist, you know. No, no, it will not. <laughs> Why not? Darn lemon juice. There's no one out here to see you, the young man said in a maddening, reasonable voice. And that you're tired, I can tell. Come, Sai, please don't call me that. It makes me feel as ancient as a... 
She hesitated for a brief moment, rethinking the word, which, the fir the, that first came to her mind, as an old woman. Miss Delgado, then, are you sure you won't ride? Sure as I can be. I have not ride cross saddle in a dress in any case, Mr. Dearborn, not even if you were my own brother. Twouldn't it be proper? He stood at the stirrup himself, reached over the far side of his saddle. Russell stood docile enough at this, only flicking his ears, which Susan would have been happy to flick herself as she been Rusher. As she been Rusher. They were that beautiful. And stepped back down with a rolled garment in his hand. Oh. It was tied with rawhide Hank? Yeah. Tied with a rawhide Hank. I just think of Hank as a name. Poor Hank. Yeah, I got tied. <laughs> she thought it was a poncho. You may spread this <laughs> over your lap. I'm sorry. Now all I'm thinking of is him bringing down this man wrapped around a poncho. Just like hugging it. Hank okay. will cover you up, okay, Hank? Uh, okay, Hank, you need to let the poncho go. <laughs> we gotta, I, I gotta untie, untie Hank real quick, and then you can have it. Has he been here the whole time? Yeah, he, he, he stays with me everywhere. It's like, he roll up the poncho again. Okay, Hank, hand it back to him. It's his only job, really. You may spread this over your lap and legs like a duster, he said. There's quite enough of it for decorum's sake. It was my father's, and he's a taller than me. I was thinking he was going to say he's a taller man, but he's taller than me. He looks off towards the western hills for a moment and saw, and she saw, he was handsome. In a hard sort of way, that jagged, jagged? That jagged against his youth. She felt a little shiver inside her and wished for a thousand times. We're going to talk about the old woman that we don't talk about. That the woman kept her hands to herself. There we go. Uh, Susan didn't want to look at the handsome stranger or re remember Rhea. You know what I wouldn't do either. I wouldn't either. Nay, she said gently, thank ye again. I recognize your kindness, but I must refuse. Then I'll walk alongside, and Rush will be our chaperone, he said cheerfully. As far as the edge of town, at least. There'll be no eyes to see, and I think ill. Ooh, excuse me. Ill of a properly, a perfectly proper young woman and a more or less proper young man, and once there, I'll tip my hat and wish you a very good. <laughs> he's walking her no matter what. Yeah, it is happening. She, she's like, I really wish you wouldn't, and he's like, I'll walk with you. However, he repeated. Now his face was somber. These are not good times, Miss Delgado. Here in Magus, you are far from the worst of the troubles, but sometimes trouble reaches out. But yeah, they. She thought about pretty much. She thought about Doran's little gang, his little three people that follow him around everywhere, and how they're probably off at the bar. But there's no telling if they're just gonna randomly come back at any point in time. If I can't dissuade you very well, she said, sighing with a vexed resignation she didn't really feel, but only to the first mailbox, Mrs. Beach. The marks that that marks the edge of town. 
He tapped his throat again and made another of those absurd enchanting bows. Foot stuck out as if he would trip someone, heel planted in the dirt. Thank ye, Miss Delgado. At least he didn't call me Sigh, she thought. That's a start. It is a start. Hmm. She thought he'd chatter away like a magpie in spite of his promise to be silent. Because that's what all the boys did around her. She was not vain of her looks, but she thought she was good-looking, if only because the boys could not shut up or stop shuffling their feet when they were around her. And this one would be full of questions. Uh, The town boys didn't need to ask, how old was she? And how old was she? Has she always lived in Hanbury? Were her parents alive? Half a hundred other just as boring. But they would all circle in all the same one. But they would all circle in on the same one. Did she have a steady fella? Sort of ish. But. Not something she can talk about. <laughs> Will Dearborn of the Inner Baronies didn't ask her about her schooling, her family, her friends, the most common way of approaching any romantic rivals she had found. Will Dearborn simply walked along beside her. One hand wrapped around Rusher's bridle, looking off east towards the clean sea. They were close enough to it now that the teary smell of the salt mingled with the tarry stench of the oil, even though the wind was from the south. Good old Weir Will here, being a proper gentleman, mm-hmm. sticking to his word. He which, said, hey, if, we don't want to, if you don't want to talk, I'm good. I can just stay completely quiet the whole time. Which is funny in the very next sentence. Yeah. They were passing Sitco now, and she was glad for Will Dearborn's presence, even if his silence was a little irritating. <laughs> the man said he wouldn't talk. He said he didn't want to. Hey, if you didn't want to, that's fine. I'm cool. I wouldn't know you ex- with things. But she expected him to, and now was irritated that he wasn't talking. So then we find more, more out more about Sitco, the little oil place, the oil patch. It said, 19 out of the 200 could not be stopped. They just pumped and pumped the supplies of oil beneath them, steaming in- inexhaustible. A little was still used, but a very little. Mostly sim- most simply ran back down into the wells beneath the dead pumping stations. The world had moved on, and this place reminded her of a strange mechanical graveyard where some of the corpses hadn't quite... Something cold and smooth nuzzled the small of her back, and she wasn't quite able to stifle a little shriek. Will Dearborn wheeled toward her, his hands dropping toward his belt. Then he relaxed and smiled. Rusher's way of saying he feels ignored. I'm sorry, Miss Delgado. She looked at the horse. Rusher looked back mildly, then dipped his head as if to say he was also sorry for having startled her. Foolishness, girl, she thought, hearing the hearty, no-nonsense voice of her father. He wants to know why you're being so standoffy, that's all, and so do I. Tisn't like you, so it's not. Mr. Dearborn, I've changed my mind, she said. I'd like to ride. <laughs> oh, I changed my mind. Uh, and then, of course, he stands off to the side and stares at the Sitgo station, and she is like, What's so interesting about them, Cully? she thought a trifle crossly. It was the lateness of the hour and the residue of her stirred-up emotions, she 
filthy old things have been there six centuries and more, and I've been smelling their stink my whole life. Um. As she opened the poncho and spread it over her legs, Dearborn began to whistle, and she realized with a mixture of surprise and superstitious fear that the tune was Careless Love. <laughs> the very lay, the very lay she had been singing on her way up to Rhea's hut. Uh, Mayhap it's Ka, girl, her father's voice whispered. No such thing, she thought right back at him. I'll not see Ka and every passing wind and shadow, like the old ladies who gather in the green heart of this a summer's evening. It's an old tune. Everyone knows it. Mayhap better if you're right, Pat the Goddess voice returned, for if it's Ka, it'll come like a wind. And your plans will stand before it no more than my da's barn stood before the cyclone when it came. If it's Ka, you're not going to have a choice. <laughs> Good old Ka. Uh, says, uh, so she's like, pretty much, she's like, I'm decent, you can turn around. And it says, he did turn and gaze at her. For a moment he said nothing, but she could see the look in his eyes well enough to know that he found her fair as well. And although the, this disquieted her, perhaps because of what he'd been whistling, she was also glad. Then he said, you look well up there. You sit well. And I shall have horses of my own to sit before long, she said. Now the questions will come, she thought. But he only nodded, as though he had known this about her already, and began to walk toward town again. Feeling a little disappointed and not knowing exactly why, she clucked side-mouth at Rusher and twitched her knees at him. He got moving, catching up with his master, who gave Rusher's muzzle a companionable little caress. "'What do they call that place yonder?' he asked, pointing at the derricks. "'The oil patch? Sitgo.' "'Some of the derricks still pump? Aye, and no way to stop them. Not that anyone still knows.' "'Oh,' he said, and that was all. Just, oh.' But he left his place by Rusher's head for a moment when they came to the weedy track leading to Sitgo, walking across to look at the old disused guard hut. In her childhood, there had been a sign on it reading, Authorized Personnel Only. <laughs> but it had blown away in some w one storm or another. I just find it funny. Like, it was a sign in, like, what sounds like the Wild Wild West that just says, Authorized Personnel Only. <laughs> because it's not... I know, but still. It's this weird dystopia future thing. It's pretty much post-apocalyptic. Pretty much, but we've moved past that. <laughs> this, is, this is like if the world went to crap and we lost a lot. But this is like a thousand years after that. Oh, I can't even say a thousand. The see, world has moved on. It's moved on. It's, see, their, their world's weird. Because she said it's been sitting there for six centuries, which is 600 years. You know how far we've personally come in the last 600 years? So it, 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 We're just it's hard. backwards, okay? That's the weird thing, is that you would think people and things would figure out how to re-get back what we'd lost. It's all there. So why hasn't anyone figured it out? Because books are precious. Only a few, very, very few reasons. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The internet doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't make a lot of sense. In the last 600 years, we've come an insane. And already having all that just waiting for you? It's just weird that they've made no more advancement than they have. But it is a fictional 
world in a book. So just just personal opinions out here. She kept her own silence until they were a mile or so from town and then asked the question which had been on her mind. She had planned to ask hers after he had begun asking his, and it irked her to be the one to break the silence. But in the end, her curiosity was too much. Where do ye come from, Mr. Dearborn, and what brings ye to our little bit o' midworld, if ye don't mind me asking? Not at all, he said, looking up at her with a smile. I am glad to talk, and was only trying to think how to begin. Talk's not a specialty of mine. Then what is Will Dearborn, she wondered. Yes, she wondered very much, for in adjusting her position on the saddle, she had put her hand on the rolled blanket behind, and had touched something hidden inside that blanket, something that felt like a gun. It didn't have to be, of course, but she remembered the way his hands had dropped instinctively toward his belt when she had cried out in surprise. I come from the end world. I have an idea you probably guessed that much on your own, which have our own way of talk. we have our own way of talking. I... Which barony is your home, might I ask? New Cannon. She felt a flash of real excitement at that. New Cannon? Center of the affiliation? That did not mean all it once had, of course, but still. Not Gilead? she asked, detesting the hint of girlish gush she had heard in her voice. And more than just a hint, mayhap. No, he said with a laugh. Nothing so grand as Gilead. Only Hemp Hill, a village forty or so wheels west of here. Smaller than Hambry, I wot. Wheels, she thought, marveling at the archaism. He said wheels. And what brings ye to Hambry, then? May ye tell? Why not? I've come with two of my friends, Mr. Richard Stockworth of Pendleton, New Cannon, and Mr. Arthur Heath, a hilarious young man who actually does come from Gilead. We're here at the order of the affiliation and have come as counters. Counters of what? Counters of anything and everything which may aid the affiliation in the coming years. He said, and she heard no lightness in his voice now. The business with the good man has grown serious. Yeah, at some point in the book, it starts getting a little, not re- complicated is about the best word I can. Trying to be like, who are they talking about when they start, because they all have two names. <laughs> like, I always hear Will, but then it's Cuthbert and Alan. Yeah. And I'm like, which one's Heath? Which one's... Yeah. Which- Arthur. Arthur has to be Cuthbert. I don't, I, I don't even remember. At this moment, I don't even remember. He literally just described him as oh, a so hilarious... Say, which one do you have? Which a one do you say hilarious, hilarious young man is yeah. Arthur. Yeah, yeah. And that has the, to be Cuthbert. He's the only one that comes from Gilead. But still, it's just... It's like everybody's got two names. Sometimes we'll refer to them as this. Other times they're known as this. Well, let, let's put it this way. You just remember Elaine as the one with the very richy rich sounding name, okay? <laughs> the classier name. Richard Stockworth of Richard Pendleton. Stockworth. And then you have Arthur Heath. Really, Arthur Heath. Arthur, Arthur is a noble name. Okay. I know. Okay? The don't be mean, don't be, don't okay. be mean to Arthur. But no, Arthur Cuthbert. There you go. The whole. S- is that what you're going to do, right? Yeah. That's how we're going to associate it. Arthur Cuthbert. Okay, okay. I don't know how you're going to get Richard and Lane besides that it sounds uppity and uppity. And then Will. Will is a deer. Rolling the deer. Uh, you speak as though the good man were a real threat. He's just a bandit. Surely, frosting his thefts, 
Frosting? I don't know. That's I'm... a weird way. At, okay. Frosting well, it is does make sense now. thefts and murders with talk of... I guess if you put it in context. Yeah. <laughs> still, it's still weird. It's weird, but yes. It, well, this was what? Do they have frosting? Well, it could... Okay. In what term are they... they... It can also mean, like, frosted over as far as, like, actual frost. It like, could. the snow. It could. I prefer to think of it as frosting, though. That's because you're a sugar addict. But... I am. Just a little bit. Any, any, anyways. Uh, frosting his thefts and murders with talk of democracy and equality. Dearborn shrugged, and she thought for a moment that would be his only comment on the matter. But then he said, reluctantly, "'Twas once so, perhaps. Times have changed. At some point, the bandit became a general, and now the general would become a ruler in the name of the people. He paused and added gravely, The northern and western baronies are in flames, lady. But those were thousands of miles away, surely. This talk was upsetting, and yet strangely exciting, too. Mostly, it seemed exotic. After the pokey all-day-the-same world of Hangbury, where someone's dry well was good for three days of animated conversation. So, <laughs> exciting world they live in. Yeah, very exciting world they live in. Mm. Yes, he said, not I, but yes. The sound was both strange and pleasing to her ear, but the wind is blowing in this direction. He turned to her and smiled. Once more it softened his hard good looks and made him seem no more than a child up to late up too late after his bedtime. But I don't think we'll see John Farson tonight, do you? She smiled back. If we did, Mr. Dearborn, would you protect me from him? No doubt, he said, still smiling. But I should do so with greater enthusiasm, I wot, if you were to let me call you by the name your father gave you. Then in the interest of my own safety, ye may do so, and I suppose I must call ye Will in those same interests. Tis both wise and prettily put, he said, the smile becoming a grin, wide and engaging. I, then walking as he was, with his face turned back up and up to her, Susan's new friend tripped over a rock jutting out of the road and almost fell. Rusher whinnied through his nose and reared a little. Susan laughed merrily. The poncho shifted, revealing one bare leg, and she took a moment before putting matters right again. She liked him, eh? So she did. And what harm could there be in it? He was only a boy, after all. When he smiled, she could see he was only a year or two removed from jumping in haystacks. I'm usually not clumsy, he said. I hope I didn't startle you. Not at all, Will. Boys have been stubbing their toes around me ever since I grew my breasts. To which he, she actually says to him, Not at all! <laughs> ah, puppy love. <clears throat> Not at all. It interests her greatly, so ye and your friends come at the behest of the affiliation to count our goods, do you? Yes, the reason I took particular note of yon oil patch is because one of us will have to come back and count the working derricks. I can spare you that, Will. There are 19. Of course there's 19. Because why would there be any other number than 19 working out there? Anyway, he nodded. I'm in your debt, but we'll need 
to make out if any can can how much oil these 19 pumps are bringing up. Just, oh, Fridge. <laughs> I guess what noise the fridge is. makes noise, okay? Everything makes noise. So much noise. Are there so many oil-fired machines still working in New Canaan that such news matters? And do you have the alchemy to change the oil into the stuff your me machines can use? It's called refinery rather than alchemy in this case. At least I think so. And I believe there is one that still works. But no, we haven't had many machines that... Although there are still a few working filament lights in the Great Hall of Gilead. Fancy it, she said, delighted. She had seen pictures of filament lights and electric flambeau, but never the lights themselves. The last ones in Ambry, they had been called spark lights in this part of the world, but she felt sure they were the same. Had burned out two generations ago. And here it begins. You mean she's the very, lies? No. She's very, very right with her assumption on this. Well, let me be honest with you. Yeah. He said, and for the first time, she thought she heard a false note there. Perhaps it was only her imagination. Certainly she had little experience of the world. But she had an idea that the people who set, set on by saying, let me be honest with you, were apt to go on by telling you a straight face. That rain fell up. Money grew on trees, and babies were brought by the grand... Featherex? Sure. I assume they meant stork. Basically. I'm the assuming. stork. Yes, but... And that is also true. Anyone who... who true, Most people, if they say, let me be honest with you, or to tell you the truth, generally it's just followed by the biggest lie you've ever heard. <laughs> They're not being truthful to the slightest. And now the lies. All of the <laughs> lies. Uh, it, it, pretty much. In any case, it wasn't really the affiliation that sent us, he said. Not all this way to count cows and oil derricks and the hec hectares of land under cultivation. He paused a moment, looking down at the road. She thought he was embarrassed, perhaps even shamed. We were sent by our fathers. You're... Then she understood. Bad boys they were. Sent out on a make-work quest that wasn't quite exile. Well, that was the only truthful part of this whole thing. Yeah. She guessed their real job in Hambry might be to be re to rehabilitate their reputations. Well, she thought, it certainly explains the quicksand smile, doesn't it? Wear this one, Susan. He's the sort to burn bridges and upset mail carts. Then go on his merry way without a single look back. Not in meanness, but in plain old boy carelessness. That made her think of the old song again, the one she'd been singing, the one he'd been whistling. Our fathers, yes. Susan Delgado had cut a caper or two, or of her own in her time, and she felt sympathy for Will, as well as caution and interest. Bad boys could be amusing, up to a point. The question was... How bad had Will and his cronies been? Helling, she asked. Helling, he agreed, still sounding glum, but perhaps brightening just a bit about the eyes and mouth. We were warned, yes, warned very well. There was a certain amount of drinking. And a few girls to squeeze with the hand not busy squeezing the ale pot. She just has all the assumptions. She does, she's assuming a lot. 
Everything she's saying is wrong, I think isn't wrong, and everything he's saying is a lie. So this is all good. We pushed it too far, and the fun stopped. Fools have a way of doing that. One night there was a race. One moonless night. After midnight, all of us drunk. One of the horses caught his hoof in a gopher hole and snapped a foreleg. He had to be put down. Susan winced. It wasn't the worst thing she could think of, but bad enough. And when he opened his mouth again, it got worse. The horse was a thoroughbred, one of just three owned by my friend Richard's father, who is not well-to-do. There were scenes in our households which I haven't any desire to remember, let alone talk about. I'll make a long story short and say that, after much talk and many proposals for punishment, we were sent here on this errand. It was Arthur's father, I, Arthur, Arthur's father's idea. I think Arthur's da has always been a bit appalled by Arthur. Certainly Arthur's runk ructions didn't come from George Heath's side. Susan smiled to herself, thinking of Aunt Cordelia, saying, She certainly doesn't get it from our side of the family. Then she Then a calculated pause. She had a great aunt on her mother's side who ran crazy, you didn't know? Yes, set herself on fire and threw herself over the drop. In the year of the comet, it was. Anyway, Mr. Heath set us on with a saying from his own father, One should meditate in purgatory. And here we are. Here we are. I was just thinking. Are you here yet, Will? Officially, I mean. No, he said, taking her meaning at once, and likely already seeing where he was going. Uh, he seemed sharp enough in his way. We only arrived in the barony this afternoon, and you're the first person any of us have spoken to. Unless, that is, Richard or Arthur have met some folks. I couldn't sleep, and so I came out to ride and to think things over a little. We're camped over there, he pointed to the right, on the long slope that runs towards the sea. Aye, the drop, it's called. She realized that Will and his mates might even be camped on what would be her own land by law before much more time had passed. She thought was, the thought was amusing, exciting, and a little startling. It's interesting. And this whole transaction with this thing that's supposed to happen. Is she going to get the land? Her personally. Or is it going to be Aunt Cordelia? Why don't you take a guess? Okay. Why don't you take a guess? Because it goes to good old aunt. That means she ain't getting jacked. Why? No. And this is not very helpful to her. Just think about who... As I said, we know her. You guys don't know. It's kind of like us talking about a relative you guys have never met. But... <laughs> It's like, just think of her as a person and ask that question again and just know. No. Well, I, I agree, but that's why I asked the question to begin with. It's like, oh. Because I highly doubt in the first place, if I remember right, that she had anything like, I want to say Aunt Cord is the one that struck the agreement thing going on here anyway. God, I hate that woman. Ah. <laughs> Uh, tomorrow we ride into town and present our compliments to my Lord Mayor Hartthorne. He's a bit of a fool, according to what we were told before leaving New Cannon. Were ye indeed told so? She asked, raising one eyebrow. You'd be right, buddy. You'd be right, okay? Yes, apt to blabber, fond of strong drink, mm -hmm. even more fond of young girls, Will said. Is it true, would ye say? I think ye must judge for yourself. And she, stifling a smile with some effort. In any case, we'll also be presenting to the Honorable Kimba Rhymer. 
Thorn's Chancellor. And I understand he knows his beans and counts his beans as well. Thorin will have ye to dinner at Mayor's house, Susan said. Perhaps not tomorrow night, but surely the night after. A dinner of state in Hambry, Will said, smiling and still stroking Rusher's nose. Gods, how shall I bear the agony of anticipation? Never mind your nettlesome mouth, she said. But only listen if ye'd be my friend. This, this is important. important. His smile dropped away, and she saw again, as she had... For a moment or two before, the man he be he'd be before too many more years had passed. The hard face, the concentrated eyes, the merciless mouth. It was a frightening face in a way, a frightening prospect. And yet, yeah. What she wondered mm -hmm. was hair like that under, what was his hair like under that stupid hat? Tell me, Susan. If you and your friends come to table at Thorin's, ye may see me. If ye see me, will... See me for the first time. See Miss Delgado, and I shall see Mr. Dearborn. Do ye take my meaning? To the letter. He was looking at her thoughtfully. Do, do you serve? Surely if your father was the baronet's chief drover, you do not... Never, what, never mind what I do or don't do. Just promise that if we meet at Seafront, we meet for the first time. I promise, but no more questions. We've nearly come to the place where we must part ways. And I want to give ye a warning. Fair payment for the ride on the nice mount of yours, mayhap. If ye dine with Thorin and Rhymer, ye'll not only be the only new folk at his table. There'll likely be three others. Men Thorin has hired to serve as private guards of the house. Not as sheriff's, de sheriff's deputies? Nay, they answer to none but Thorin, or mayhap to Rhymer. Their names are Jonas, DePape, and Reynolds. They look like hard boys to me, although Jonas's boyhood is so long behind him that I imagine he's forgot he ever had one. Jonas is the leader. Mm -hmm. Ah, he limps. His hair that falls to his shoulders, shoulders pretty as any girl's. And the quavery voice of an old gaffer who spends his days polishing the chimney corner. Okay. Uh, but I think he's the most dangerous of the three. All the same. I guess these have these three have forgotten more about Helling than you and your friends will ever learn. Ah! <laughs> I will agree. Jonas is definitely the most dangerous of the three. And we learn why later. Yeah. Now why she had told now why had she told him all that? She didn't know exactly. Gratitude, perhaps. He had promised to keep the secret of this late-night meeting, and he had the look of a promise-keeper and hack with his father or not. I'll watch them, and I thank you for the advice. <clears throat> they were now climbing a long, gentle slope. Overhead, old hair <coughs> blazed relentlessly. Bodyguards, he mused. Bodyguards and sleepy little Hambry. It's strange time, Susan. Strange indeed. Yes, he heaved a large, rather comical sigh. Is it the object I fear beyond all others? Is it the dread shape of Mrs. Beaches? Mailbox. Beaches, huh? Mm -hmm. See, beaches and frosting and all kind of things happening. Uh, I'm get back from Aye, and it's there we must part. If you say we must, we must. Yet I wish... 
Just then, the wind shifted, as it sometimes did in the summer, and blew a strong gust out of the west. The smell of the sea salt was gone, and in an instant, and so was the sound of the drunken singing voices. What replaced them was a sound infinitely more sinister, one that never failed to produce a scutter of goose flesh up her back, a low, atonal noise, like the warble, warble of a siren being turned by a man without much longer to live. Sounds lion, doesn't it? <laughs> That's not in the book. I just no. it's fun that way. Uh, what in God's name is that? Oh, Will took a step backwards, eyes widened, and again she noticed him, his hand dipped towards his belt, as if reaching for something. Not there. I wonder, he's used that. Hmm. Uh, but what's it, what in God's name is that? It's a thinny, she said, quietly, an eyebolt kingin. Have ye never heard of such? Heard of, yes, but never heard until now. Gods, how do you stand it? It sounds alive. She had never thought of it quite like that, but now, in a way, listening with his ears intent instead of her own, she thought he was right. It was as if some sick part of the night had gained a voice and was actually trying to sing. Sounds alive. Thin- thinny, the thinny has been explained in so many different ways and it just it's horrible every single time you hear about it it's just awful yeah it's it's not a like, pleasant thing apparently it makes your eyes water well, it see, makes you feel like your nose is going to bleed it's every just, way except sounds hawaiian yeah. doesn't it yeah it doesn't sound pleasant uh, is hawaiian unpleasant <laughs> we don't often hear it so clearly this time of year she said in the fall the men burn it to quiet I don't understand. Who did? Who understood anything anymore? Gods, they couldn't even turn off the few oil pumps in Sitgo that still worked, although half of them squealed like pigs in a slaughter chute. These days you were usually just grateful to find things that still worked at all. In the summer, when there's time, drovers and cowboys drag loads of brush to the mouth of Eyebolt, she said. Dead brush is all right, but it live is better, for it's smoke that's wanted, and the heavier, the better. Eye bolts a box canyon, very short and steep walled, almost like a chimney lying on its side. You see? Yes. The traditional time for burning is reap morn, the day after the fair and the feast and the fire. The first day of winter. I, although in these parts it doesn't feel like winter so soon. In any case, it's no tradition. The brush sometimes lit sooner, if the winds have been prankish or if the sound's particularly strong. It upsets the livestock, you know. Cows give poorly when the noise of the thinny's strong, and it makes sleep difficult. I should think it would. It's like, yes. Yes. So now not only does it make you want to cry, but apparently, you know, cows don't milk as well. Yeah. How long has it been there? Since before I was born, she said, but not before my dog was born. He said that the ground shook in an earthquake just before it came. Some say the earthquake brought it. Some say that superstitious nonsense. All I know is that it's always been there. The smoke quiets it a while, the way it will quiet a hive of bees or wasps. But the sound always comes back. The brush piled at the mouth helps to keep any wandering livestock out too. Sometimes they're drawn to it. Gods know why. 
But if a cow or sheep does happen to get in after the burning and before the next year's pile has started to grow, mayhap it doesn't come out. Whatever it is, it's hungry. Mordred's hungry. Mm-mm. She put his poncho aside, lifted her leg right over the her right leg over the saddle without so much as touching the horn, and slipped off Rusher, all this in a single liquid movement. It was a stunt made for pants rather than a dress, and she knew from the further widening of his eyes that he'd seen a good lot of her, but nothing she had to wash with the bathroom door closed, so what of it? And that quick dismount had ever been a favorite trick of hers when she was in a show offy mood. Pretty, he exclaimed. Why does he only know how to use the word pretty? He said that she's talked prettily. He says that she said stuff pretty. And now she just screams out pretty. Well, I mean, he just, get, like she said, just got a whole lot of view from her. Which I can imagine is pretty much just a lot of leg. Yeah. I, I guess right now his voice in my head saying pretty is like... Uh, Kaylee saying shiny and pretty much anyone saying shiny and Firefly and Serenity. But that, that's all I can think of because he, he says pretty just like they all say shiny to everything. So. I learned it from my da, she said, responding to the more innocent interpretation of his compliment. Her smile as she handed him the reins, however, suggested that she was willing to accept the compliment any way it was meant. Susan, have you ever seen the thinny? Aye, once or twice, from above. What does it look like? Ugly, she responded at once. Until tonight, when she had observed Ray's smile up close and endured her <laughs> nasty shit, yeah. she would have said it was the ugliest thing she had ever seen. It looks a little like a slow-burning peat fire, and a little like a swamp full of scummy green water. There's a mist that rises off it. Sometimes it looks like long, skinny arms with hands at the end of them. Is it growing? Aye, they say it is. That everything he grows, but it grows slowly. Twon't escape Eyebolt Cannon, Canyon, in your time or mine. Why should this happen to her now? For God's sake, after three years of dismissing the Hambry boys, why should she now meet a boy who's interested in her so strangely? Why was life so unfair? Her earlier thought, the one she'd heard in her father's voice, recurred to her. If it's Ka, it'll come like a wind, and your plans will stand before it no more than a barn before a cyclone. But no and no and no. So she, so set she, with all her considerable determination, her mind against the idea. This was no barn. This was her life. It's not up to you. It's up to God. I'll leave you here to either rejoin your friends or resume your ride, she said. The gravity she heard in her voice made her feel a bit sad, for it was an adult gravity. But remember your promise, Will. If ye see me at Seafront, Mayor's house, and if ye'd be my friend, see me there for the first time, as I'd seen you. He nodded, and she saw her serious and now mirrored in his own face, and the sadness, mayhap. I've never asked a girl to ride out with me, or if she'd accept a visit of me. 
I'd ask of you, Susan, daughter of Patrick. I'd even bring you flowers to sweeten my chances, but it would do no good, I think. She shook her head. Nay, twouldn't. Are you promised in marriage? It's forward of me to ask, I know, but I mean you I mean no harm. I'm sure ye don't, but I'd soon as not answer. My position is a delicate one just now, as I told ye. Besides, it's late. Here's where we part, Will, but stay. One more moment. She rummaged in the pocket of her apron and bought out, brought out half a cake wrapped in a piece of green leaf. The other a half she had eaten on her way up to the coos, and what now felt like the other half of her life. She held out what was left of her little evening meal at a rusher, who sniffed it, then ate it, and nuzzled her hand. Aye, these a good horse, so ye are. She looked at Will, Dearborn, who stood in the road, shuffling his dusty boots and gazing at her unhappily. The hard look was gone from his face now. He looked her age again, or younger. We were well met, weren't we? he asked. She stepped forward, and before she could let herself think about what she was doing, she put her hands on his shoulders, stood on her toes, and kissed him on the mouth. The kiss was brief, but not sisterly. I very well met, Will. But when he moved toward her, as thoughtlessly as a flower turning his face to follow the sun, wishing to repeat the experience, she pushed him back a step, gently, but firmly. Nay, that was only a thank you, and one thank you, or, and one thank you should be enough for a gentleman. Go your course in peace, Will. No, no, this, this, this was more than a thank you. A thank you would have been a kiss on the cheek. Yeah. A nice little, oh, a little peck on the cheek or something. No, a kiss on no. the lips? No, 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 no. You now, you now tease him. Now, now. Mm-hmm. And you yours, he said, swinging into the saddle. I look forward to meeting you for the first time. Yep, yep. Anything else interesting here? Susan lifted her own in return and then went her way, feeling happy and unhappy at the same time. Yet, and this was perhaps the most important thing, she no longer felt soiled. Yeah. When she had uh, touched the boy's lips, Rhea's touch seemed to have left her skin. A small magic, perhaps, but she welcomed it. She walked on, smiling a little, and looked up at the stars more frequently uh, than was her habit Went after, dark. Went after dark. I just found it funny because you're like, is there anything less important in this chapter? And then you're like, this is the most important thing. No. No, no, I meant like that. It, it literally said that in the sentence that you read. Oh, did it? Yeah. It was, you were like, is there anything else important? And she just said, yet, and this oh, is yeah, perhaps was... the most important <laughs> thing. Well, I was like, ha, ha, ha. That's the last paragraph. Always read <laughs> the last paragraph. Well, that's the end of chapter three. Next week we'll be going chapter four, long after moonset. We've got about sixteen pages, and we'll be going to welcome the town. So, good fun stuff. <laughs> no, it's like no, I don't want to. I've been the other way for so long. I guess I never took that out of my pocket. No. All right. I was like, is mine still there? A nice little chapter. We didn't go very far. We went from here to here in a horse. That was it. So not but a lot happening. We we learned of the first meeting, the beginning of Ka. Yes. Like she literally was like, your her dad voice in her head is like, 
hey, if this is Ka, it's going to just bowl you over. There's nothing you can do to stop it. And she's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do what I want to do. I'm going to do what I have to do. And then next thing you know, lips. <laughs> she likes herself some weird Will Dearborn. Good old Will there. But anyways, hope you enjoyed. Throw a like on the video. Throw a comment down below. Subscribe to the channel because uh, we'd always appreciate that. Those just... They're all over the place. They're all over the place. But as always, you can reach me at Stars Untraveled. Reach Amanda at KZ Pop. Reach the show at Beyond Our Focus. Practically anywhere, including YouTube and podcast services around the globe. Maybe. Maybe. Puppy. Um, <laughs> any final thoughts before we bounce? I think we are good. Awesome. Possum. Blossom. Till next time. Long days and pleasant nights. Mm.